All right, everybody. Well, welcome back to the All Things Croatia podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Katica Rakulic. She was the first runner-up of Miss Universe Croatia in 2011. She represented Croatia at the Top Model of the World competition, among other titles in her successful modeling career. She was also recently at the, and I forgot I wanted to ask you how to pronounce this, Cannes Film Festival? Cannes Film Festival. I used to say it incorrectly myself. Really? I used to say Cannes. I think, I'm pretty sure I just say Canes. I mean, in the US, you know, yeah, we say Canes, everything. I think. Yeah. Can I'll try to pronounce that. If there's any of our French Croatian audience listening, hopefully they don't get upset at me. Uh, film festival, but you covered the that festival this year, 2023, as a TV presenter, as well as walking the red carpet as a model. Yeah, Katica, thanks for coming on the podcast. I'm excited to delve into this a little bit. Well, thank you so much for, for having me. I'm, I'm excited. Of course, yeah. You know, if you could just sort of introduce yourself to you know our viewers who may not be familiar with you, Tell us a little bit about, you know, where you were born and your growing up. Okay. Um, yeah. So I was actually born in Split in Croatia. I lived there for three months and I came to Sweden to Gothenburg uh, at the age of three months. And I uh, grew up in Sweden. Uh, I did a few beauty pageants, big pageants. As you mentioned, you know, Miss Universe, Top Model of the World. I live in Gothenburg. I was also Miss Gothenburg, and I have been modeling for the past 10 years, living in a lot of cities around the world. I recently got into TV hosting, maybe two years ago, probably. And I also have a degree in economy and public administration and have been working uh, six years for in the Swedish government, for the Swedish companies, yeah. Wow, so you're doing it all. A lot, Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, you mentioned, of course, you were born in Split. You know, you and your family moved to Sweden. Is there a big, there is a big Croatian community, I believe, in Sweden, right? Is there one near you in Gothenburg? Yeah, we have the Croatian club, uh, Velebit, here in Gothenburg, actually, in my city, like 15 minutes from here, really. Uh, It's a Croatian club. They have their own, like, football team as well. And I used to dance there when I was uh, much younger, the Croatian traditional dance. Um, so I used to hang out there a lot, not so much now, but it is a very big community of Christian people, uh, in Gothenburg, especially, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I read that you had either, I read or heard in another interview that you were dancing, you know, Kolo growing up at the yeah. church. I think it's, it's funny because we do that too in LA. Actually, I never did that. My dad, my dad did it. And then I was, you know, the middle kid and they took my older sister to the church for language things. But by the time they had me, they were too far of a drive and everything. So I didn't do Kolo, but a lot of my friends over there in the Croatian community did Kolo. And when I first came to Croatia, I expected, I thought everyone danced Kolo here, you know, and <laughs> it turns out it's not, it's not like a modern, you know, popular, it's, popular dance i guess for like you know young kids yeah not at all but i know they have competitions in it because i read about it and also here they have competitions about like you know the best group because they dance they dance in groups so they do some tournament i guess or uh, i mean i'm seeing i'm reading about it online but i don't know too much about it but it's not so uh, modern i would say yeah, yeah, it's interesting to see what sort of traditions are kept alive in the diaspora and that are, you know, maybe kind of being modernized in in Croatia or at yeah. least here in Zagreb, you know, which is probably the 
most, I don't want to say most modern city in Croatia, but, you know, the biggest and most influenced by, you know, sort of other places. Yeah. But so do you ever, do you still remember all the steps and stuff? If you go to a Croatian wedding or something, do you? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Maybe, you know, one or two steps, but it was such a long time ago. And I did it for a very short period of time, really. So yeah, not, not really. But I wore the costume a lot of times for contests and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't remember the steps. So. Do you? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I know the basic, the like, do, 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 and then it's like the cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cake, like the like, same uh, three or four steps. Yeah. I don't know. I can do the three or four. Any more than four, that's too much. <laughs> too much. Yeah. But uh, Katica, tell us a little bit about, you know, modeling, you know, about Miss Universe Croatia, how you started modeling and then, you know, Miss Universe and how all that happened. Yeah. Well, I have always been like an entertainer since I was very little. I remember my first memory of something similar to this was I saw this old man sitting outside on a bench, like on his own. He was very old and I thought he looked sad. So I decided to go and dance for him and sing for him. Uh, I was very, like, maybe 10, nine years old and he got very happy. And so I remember always being like a entertainer. And in school, I always, always used to sing on, you know, graduations or Christmas uh, gatherings and things like that, like perform. Uh, but when I was about 16, my mom took me to a local agency, which I spoke about before, uh, for a casting to become a model. And they chose me and this other girl. And from there, it kind of, you know, started, but I was too young. They wanted to send me to Paris. I was still in school. My parents said, you know, there's no way. So I had to wait and to pursue that career later on. And for the Miss Universe contest, I remember I was on the beach one summer in Croatia because first they have this, you know, uh, region contests. Like first I was in Miss Dalmatia. And then if you move on from there, you, you go to the, to the big final. So somebody approached me and was like, you know, you should go to this casting in a hotel Madrid and Love, which is now my favorite hotel. So I went there with my sister and they chose me to be in, a, I believe it was the top 12 or 15, I'm not sure, to compete. And from there on, I went to uh, the big final, Universe Croatia. And I also got my agent from there that recognized me from the contest. He is in Canada, uh, does movies and has her own agency. So he was like, you should come model for me. We want to be your mother agents. And from there, he sent me to Mexico, China, US, all of, all of the countries I've been really on modeling contracts. Mm. So yeah, I mean, that's a long story short. Yeah. So that sort of kicked off the Miss Universe sort of kicked off your modeling career. You, you could say that. I mean, I was still interested in modeling before, but didn't really go that far, didn't pursue it like that. And after Miss Universe, I guess, you know, I got more confident and I just kept kept going, really, kept it rolling. Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned modeling in some other countries, Mexico, China. I want to ask, how does the Great Wall of China compare to the walls of stone and Molly Stone? To, to the walls of stone? In, I didn't understand that. And Molly Stone over in on Shots. Have you ever been to the walls there? The big... Oh, I have not. I have not. Oh, really? You should go. It's... Oh, okay. Like, you I'm know, gonna... the new bridge that they built? Yeah. 
I so know. you don't have to go through, you know, Neum to right, go to right. Dubrovnik. If you go on that bridge, there's two little cities, Stone and Mali Stone, and it's the second longest. I think the second longest walls in the in the world, the first longest oh. in Europe. See, I didn't know that actually. Okay, ah, I thought for then sure. I, I definitely have to go. Then. Yeah, you should check it out. You can walk along the walls, and you, it's a really beautiful view over there. Well, I'm actually sure it's better than the Great Wall of China <laughs> because <laughs> I always, you know, Croatia is like number one for me. I am, I don't know. Pe- some people maybe think it's too much. Like some people say, "Oh, you're like a nationalist," you know, a little bit. But I'm proud of it because I'm, I'm proud of my roots. So yeah. But the Great Wall of China, I've been there actually two times. One time to shoot for a job, and another time with the media actually for for top model of the world and. I mean, it's it's beautiful. It's one of the seven wonders of the world. But I mean, I would recommend anyone to go there if they want to see something. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that's that's awesome that you've been able to travel. Where were you in Mexico when you were working a, a shoot there? Yeah. So I lived in Mexico City for six months. Mm. Lived and worked in Mexico City on a motor contract. But I also traveled to places for work. I was in Cancun. I love Cancun because I love tropical places and the beach and the sun so of course and Acapulco Guadalajara I don't know Guadalajara Guadalajara yeah uh-huh. and so and that was for uh, beer commercials I did two different uh, commercials there for chorus lights and so yeah I've been in a lot of small cities I don't remember all of the names but mainly in uh, Mexico City which was my base uh, pretty cool I've never been always wanted to go Sort of last questioning about modeling. Is is there anything about modeling that maybe people don't realize? Uh, yeah, I think that you, I mean, I guess it looks very glamorous and easy, easy life, but it's definitely not. I would say if you don't have a strong mindset, uh, you should not get into modeling. You need to know who you are. You need to, you know, be true to your values, to your morals and to your beliefs because there's a dirty side of modeling for sure and if somebody tells you it's not they probably didn't really model you know so yeah just that you have to have a mental toughness and even when it comes to you know the agency you're going to get a lot of critique about your looks and people are going to think different things about you and you must be able to take that and and just have a very strong confidence i would say Mm mm-hmm Awesome. Yeah. So do people recognize you when you're, well, actually, let me ask first, how often do you go back to Croatia? A lot. Uh, I mean, every year for sure. I I was just in Croatia. I'm just going back now in 10 days for my cousin's wedding and finishing some projects I'm I'm doing there. Uh, So I try to go at least two times a year. I mean, it's not so far. It's about two hours by plane, really. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, with with Ryanair Airlines, it's it can be super cheap to fly here in, in Europe. That's one thing that I, I really don't miss from the U.S. Because a two-hour flight in the U.S. can cost, you know, $250, $300. And here, Ryanair, I'll get, you know, a 20-euro flight for a two-hour flight to, you know, Belgium or somewhere. It's the same with my aunt in uh, Australia. It's super mm-hmm. far for them and apparently, you know, very expensive as well. Uh, if you're going to travel a lot because it's... Well, it's super far, so yeah. Um, so I guess I'm lucky. It's, it's close. 
Yeah, definitely. I didn't realize it was only two hours from from Gothenburg. Is that where you fly from, or is there? A- Within, there's a direct flight, so it's like two hours and forty minutes, I believe, from Gothenburg to Split. So it's- wow, that's perfect. It's yeah, perfect to go down, especially in the summer, and you know, go relax on the beach and everything. Well, that's awesome. I'm assuming you go in the summer at least if you can, when you do only once a year. Yeah, I mean, I usually come uh, sometimes in the summer or before the summer, let's say like May. But I love to come this time of year. I just came from there and, and I was there all of September because it's still, you know, summer and it's super hot, at least by the coast. I don't know about Zagreb. But, yeah. <laughs> it, it was still <laughs> hot here, I think, but less tourists down over by the coast this time of year, a little bit after the, the season ends. So that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Do you listen to any Croatian music? A lot of Croatian music. Yeah. What what kinds? What sort of bands or, or um, genres? I mean... Really everything. I mean, the klape, you know, Severina, Jelena Rosga, how can I say, Narodna, Narodna Rosiga, pop music, like typical Dalmatian music. And also when I mention this, people don't like it. I understand, but I also listen to Psyche sometimes, you know, but you know, I mean, I listen to what makes me happy and you have to feel the music. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. In terms of like modeling or anything that you do, do you ever use music to either pump you up or calm you down or get you ready for something? I don't know. Definitely. If I sit in hair and makeup and I'm waiting to do a shoot, I usually I usually listen to Christian music. Sometimes I put it on loud if, if it's okay for the people. You know, <laughs> you never know. But definitely. And when I run, uh, for instance, I love to listen to, you know, I really love uh, football, Croatian football. I'm a big fan. So I listen to all these songs. If I go running, it really pumps me up. I love to run every morning. So, yeah. So what, all the like Croatian football hype songs, like Igra Moja, Hrvatska and all those? Yes, for <laughs> sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, those those two, actually, if I, you know, I'm working out or something, you know, those songs are great for, for pumping you up. And yeah, I like it, uh, you know, cheering song and it cheers you up, you know, you listen to them as well or? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just, you know, be in my room and, and listening to them, not doing anything special, but yeah, getting hyped up to cook dinner or something. But <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you just dance around, you're cleaning or something. Exactly. Well, maybe not so much the dancing for me, but yeah, that type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I know you're a, a football fan, a Croatian football fan. You mess when I messaged you, uh, you mentioned, you know, you were upset that they lost. They lost the other day, of course, to Wales and the before that, you know, to Turkey, a little disappointed, but a shocker, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where were you watching? Uh, I was watching at home, uh, but if I'm in Croatia, I always go outside to watch because they don't really show the football game here in Sweden. Obviously, you know, unless they're playing against Sweden, then they, they show it. But I cannot go outside and cheer for Croatia when Sweden are playing. I mean, I can, but not so popular. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they have Rakitic. Is is he well-liked over there in Sweden? I think it's, I'm not sure about it, but I mean, of course, it's more Luka Modric. Everybody knows him, I guess, internationally as well. So that's the name I hear the most here in Sweden. Even my friends from, you know, different countries, they're like, yeah, we're watching Croatia. They're like Luka Modric fans. So, yeah. I don't know who else is really famous there. Like internationally, I'm not, I'm not really sure. 
were you able to be in Croatia at all for this World Cup, this most recent one, for any of those uh, games? I, you know, I I just came actually the same night as 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 the game, so I wanted to be able to attend the game, but I was not unfortunately. Uh, yeah, that would have been awesome. Have you been, or do you go to the games, or? I've been. I went to one game, which was not during the World Cup, but it was a qualifiers against Russia at Poljud. Oh, right. When it was raining super hard, and it was, I had to wear a trash bag because they didn't have any, you know, ponchos or whatever. They were sold out, so we found some trash bags, me and my friend, and put them on to protect from the rain because we were at the only spot in Poljud that doesn't have the roof. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, it's like the cheapest tickets there in the stadium, and it's the only uncovered part. So we were just getting soaked. Oh, but that was an awesome game. And then other than that, you know, I, of course, I go to the Turk or, you know, wherever they show the game. And, you know, I, I right, watch that out right. with people. And I guess the atmosphere is, you know, amazing. I mean, my first football game I ever saw, I would, my grandma took me when I was like 12. It was high to split playing. I remember that. But I mean, I love the Croatia fans and, you know, the support. I, I think it's hard, as they say, it's hard to tell somebody else that's not from Croatia. The energy, the love, you know, the feeling for, for the country and, and, and the game, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to explain to other people, but Croatians really have, you know, so much pride in, in their country and their people. Definitely. Akatica, let's talk a little bit about the Can. Did I say that right? Film festival. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. The Can Film Festival. Right. So tell us a little bit, you know, what were you doing there, first of all? And, you know, what was sort of your role there? So uh, I was uh, hosting the, the festival, the whole film festival, all the days. I think it was seven or eight days, something like that. So every day I was covering with the team, you know, who's going to walk the red carpet today? What movie has the premiere today? We went to the press conferences, asked questions to the movie stars. So basically covering every day because every day something happens. It was a new movie, a new premiere. And that was the main attraction of, of the day so basically that and you know went to premieres and got to walk the red carpet there uh, so yeah we were very busy and then at the end of the day you were also invited to all these after parties so you know you are on it 24 7 like you had to be there and but i mean it was great it was work and it was fun so it was really amazing experience, I would say. Not, I, I didn't think the carpet would be so little, to be honest. That surprised me the most. I really? thought it would be much longer and bigger carpet. Yeah. And it's just a small little... Mm -hmm. It looks very huge, actually. Uh, on TV only. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Wow, they, yeah. they got us. <laughs> exactly. Did you meet any, you know, any celebrities that you were excited to meet there or anyone, you know, you were excited to talk to over there? I mean, we asked some questions to Johnny Depp. I really like him. Very down to earth, you know, and no filters speaks what's on his mind. Uh, and we went to Harrison Ford's after party. He was there as well. And I got to talk to the producer of the Die Hard producer, the movies. So yeah, there was a lot of producers that I got to know and still people, industry people, because the celebrities, you only meet them for a short while and you ask some questions and that's it, you know, unless they come to the after parties and you can mingle and, you know, but there's so much people and it's very hectic. 
people just come and grab you and introduce themselves. They want to know who you are. And it's just goes very fast. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, that's great networking, too, for you, because I saw yeah. that you actually did shoot a movie. I don't know how long ago that was, but it was about uh, four or five years ago in New York. Um, I shot it. It's called Earl Grifflin. It's going to come out. But I, I don't know if you what you know about it or you read something about that, but I decided to stop shooting the movie and ended the the deal because I could not agree with the producer of the movie. He added some scenes that I did not agree on and so on. So I decided it's best to, you know, end that collaboration. But that goes back to actually what we talked about before. You have to be very firm in, you know, who you are and what you want, what you don't want, set the boundaries. And, you know, if you don't feel comfortable with something, and simply don't do it. But I also have an agent, as I said, that does movies. So my goal is to be in one of his future pro- uh, projects. He's been mm. asking me about it, but I always, you know, I we never got to it. But that's definitely something I'm looking more into. And I love acting as well. So, yeah, that's maybe you, you're going to see me someday soon in, in some movie. I, I hope. I'm sure. Yeah, I believe it. That would be awesome. Hopefully soon, yeah. sooner rather than later. But it sounds like at some point for sure, you're going to, you know, film another movie with, I mean, talking about networking at the, you know, festival, I was wondering, how do you prepare for, for the festival? Do you have to watch all the movies that are being presented there? Uh, yeah. I mean, actually it is uh, preferred if, if I do that. But to be honest, I did not watch one single movie. And before I, I got there and it was the same with the Swedish film festival where I was as well. I needed to watch the movies, but I did not. Uh, however, I wrote all my own script for the movies. So I did some research. I looked up the movies, what, you know, what it was about, who produced them and some background info about every single movie, which was a lot. So I still knew, you know, the basics. Uh, you know, the actors and the crew and the set and things like that. But I did not watch, watch any movie, really. <laughs> wow. I was wondering how many, if you did have to watch, if you did watch them all, how many is that? Like, I don't even know how many they have at the festival. I believe that I wrote about, maybe I'm wrong now, but I think it was around 30 or 40 movies that I wow. did like a script for, for Canfield Festival. So it's not just go show up and ask some general questions you really have to know what you're talking about yes definitely and you know you have to remember the names of people and you know when you're going to present them and to me and maybe you don't have to talk about all of the movies but you still have to know them in you know because you never know what we're going to talk about so i think it's a lot of work still and to have to watch all the movies on top of that yeah yeah. (laughs) That sounds like a lot of work. Definitely a cool opportunity, though. That's awesome that you were able to, you know, have that opportunity. Kind of a fun question that I ask, I've been asking everyone lately who's come on the podcast. What's your favorite thing to eat when you're in Croatia? I am a seafood child. So I love seafood and clams. It's one of my favorite dishes, actually. Mm -hmm. Love to eat that. Uh, I know it's either like you love it or you hate it, I guess, like with sushi. But that's the specialty I, I really love. And of course, lo- lobster and, you know, all, all kinds of seafood, really. 
That's interesting. You know, I hear, especially, you know, in Dalmatia, of course, they're, you know, all for seafood. I hear a lot about oysters, but clams, I feel like I don't hear about too often. I don't even know what's the difference between a clam and an oyster. I believe, I believe the clams here are the black, you know, the small black ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And the oysters are there. I guess they're rounder, like the white rounder ones. I guess that's what you mean, right? Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, do you eat them the same way? Is it like the same type of... Uh, well... How do you eat a clam? Oh, no. I'm sorry. You said oyster. That's the ones... Sorry, that's completely wrong. That's the ones you eat raw, actually. Yes, with yes, like yes. With meat or something. Yeah. I, I try that too, but it doesn't taste anything. Just slimy, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. But clams, you can cook them with wine which is really yummy, nothing like oyster at all. So I definitely recommend it. Or with, you know, polenta, polenta, you can do that. Or with uh, pasta. Uh, I mean, sometimes I like to cook, though. But yeah, you should definitely try clams if, if you have not. Yeah, I, ha- I will have to. I've tried oysters. Yeah, they, they were a little slimy. You taste the seawater a little bit. Not, I'm not a huge seafood guy, so that wasn't my thing. But I'll have to try clams. Do you have like a favorite restaurant? In, in Split or, or anywhere that you go for that? I mean, not for, not for seafood. No, I just, uh, you know, try any place I heard or think or got recommended. And I compare them and see, if, you know, if it's good. Yeah. But homemade is always the best, of course. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Do you cook or? I cook. Because I have to, because I I live alone right now. So yeah, I'm forced to cook and I don't do anything fancy. Actually, right now on the stove, I'm keeping an eye on it. I've got some uh, meat sauce, you know, for pasta, the ground beef and the tomato sauce and the onions. I've got that on the, on low right now. So nothing wow, fancy. Nice. <laughs> a lot of pasta because easy. Yeah. I like pasta a lot as well. So and crazy for desserts. I mean, I love desserts. Yeah. Really? What kind of desserts? Ice cream for sure. I love to try different ice creams wherever I go. I think Italy has one of the yummiest ice creams. Yeah. The gelato, gelato over there. Yes. So you get a different flavor every time or you have a couple that you stick with that are your favorite? Um, Well, I love the sea salt caramel flavor. Yeah. Really love that one. I don't like chocolate at all in in ice cream. But yeah, I try to, I'm a person that loves to try new things or new food or actually, you know, new everything like adventures or exhibitions and stuff like that you know so yeah a new ice cream flavor every time if i can find a new one that's uh-huh. yeah <laughs> that's awesome i know in split everywhere on you know the coast there of the adriatic there's every block there's you know an ice cream stand to try yeah. in the summer at least on the Riviera. yeah yeah i usually stick with vanilla i'm pretty boring like that but I've I've been asking some people on the podcast and they've told me a couple of good recommendations. Someone said not too long ago, like pistachio and something else, ice cream. Oh, yeah, yeah, pistachio. Yeah, definitely. That's good as well. Mm-hmm. Because here in Sweden, we have a different chocolate, like, you know, dime. I think it's Swedish. Or we have marabou, Swedish chocolate. And they put it in the ice cream. So I would recommend you that, but it's only here. So I try to find, you know, something that's unique for the country. There is a flavor they put into it or, or you know, something like that. Mm. But vanilla is nice as yeah, well. It's, it's nice, I guess, when there's nothing else. I read that you really like castles. Is that true? 
Yes, I love Castle. Why? I love history in general, I would say. So I have a favorite castle here in Sweden. I try to visit those that are close. I didn't visit any in Croatia yet, but I, I had some in mind. I can't remember the name now, but it was like on the ocean, in the middle of the ocean somewhere. Wow. But yeah, I just love to hear the history and, you know, about what happened there and uh, if there's kings who live there or, you know, I like different timelines and also like period movies, you know, like old, older movies. I really like that. Yeah. And of course, horror. I don't know if you read about that, but I'm a big I did. Lover. And I didn't want to <laughs> ask because I hate, I get so scared. Oh, really? Yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to bring this up. <laughs> I have a thing for horror movies. It's like, I hate to be scared, but I still love to get scared. It's a crazy thing. I've, yeah. I've heard that from, from friends that that's sort of the, you know, they don't like it, but they like, like the feeling of, or like once yeah, you are scared, like the then it's okay already. I, yeah, the excitement, I guess, the adrenaline you get. Not me. That's I'll I'll do without the adrenaline and the excitement. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Just for whatever reason, I never really got into horror, but that would actually be a cool, you know, genre of movie to to be in as well. I'm sure that's probably oh, fun to shoot. Yeah, definitely. Or interesting, <laughs> at least. I mean, my favorite movie is probably an interview with the vampire. I don't know if you have seen um, this one with the. Tom Cruise and uh, Brad Pitt. Huh. No, I don't know that one. Well, I can recommend it. It's or Confessions of a Vampire. Yeah. Uh, that sounds more familiar, although I still yeah. can't picture it. But yeah, I'm sure I stay away from the whole genre. So I probably don't know most of those okay. movies that you <laughs> would say. But for people listening, I'm sure they're familiar with it. Or if they're not, maybe they want to check that one out. Got a few minutes left here. And I guess I'll save this question for last, but I'll ask you then the second to last question. What other sort of future plans do you have or goals that you're setting for yourself? You know, I don't, I always like to show my goals. I never like to see them. Uh, I've always been like that, but I could just say that, you know, just reaching my full potential as always and being the best that I can be, improve in my work that I already do. And I guess, you know, uh, show you. Uh, what the future holds we'll have to wait and see awesome yeah looking forward to it yeah sometimes that's the best way to not give things away until yeah they're they're actually done and and you've completed them but sort of last question here katica and i want to thank you again you know so much for your time here and for coming on the all things croatia podcast and do you have any you know social medias where can people find you you can find me on instagram at katica.prokulic i'm most active there awesome and this is something that i've asked everyone what to you makes Croatia so special? I think it's the culture, the history, and, you know, the people. I would say the warmth of the people. When you come to Croatia, you feel like home. I mean, at least I do. And they have their own ways, their own mentality, for sure. Um, and just, you know, the love for, for their country. You know, some people say it's, you know, their belief, like their religion, and the love for, for just the country. I would say it's, it's hard to explain. Yeah, definitely. You did a great job, though. That's an awesome answer. And I agree completely. Uh, Katica, thank you again so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much.